Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. with the NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wesley Johnson and Jason Bowen. Tom Brady retired. NFL coaches are flying off the board right and left to their new homes, destinations, and programs. And we have Super Bowl. Nobody outside of a few Bengals homers in Ohio would have predicted back in September the Rams and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Not something that you would really even conceive in your lifetime, even when Joe Burrow was drafted. Those two teams locking horns in a couple, about a week and a half. We're going to break down all of that. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on during the playoff season. From score totals, player performance props, and to which head coach will be hired or fired next, uh, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV to get started. And it's not just football. It's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and they even have a Vegas casino where you can play Vegas games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. The big news in this week of NFL affairs was the retirement of the greatest football player to ever play, Tom Brady. He walked away twice. First, the, the powers that be asserted that he was walking away. Adam Schefter and all of them was reported on CNN, and it was official. And then his camp tried to walk it back and say, nothing's official until the goat talks. And then lo and behold, the goat tweeted or Instagrammed about two days later, three days later that he is indeed retired. So rather than rehearse as a three-way unit here, how great he was, how many Super Bowls he was, it's all formality. Nobody even argues that anymore. Nobody argue, argues the Peyton Manning stuff or what Montana is just asserted, just like Jordan, that Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And Jerry Rice would probably has a case for the best football player of all time. But uh, it is Brady, and now he is gone, and our lives as adults will be altered because there won't be any Brady on Sundays or Monday nights or Thursday nights. So I wanted to twist this a little bit and ask you, Wes, unprepared on this one, sir, what do you predict the Bucks will do at quarterback? Do they roll with a development type in Kyle Trask with a roster that will have some dudes who scatter now after they returned everybody last year? Or do they go back to Jameis Winston's trade for Kirk Cousins, draft a guy this year? What do you think they look like in September? Um, I, I think they give Trask a shot. Um, I think it was the the same day that Brady announced. Um, uh, what's his face? Kyle Pitts also tweeted out, you know, Kyle Trask is a real one or something, something to that effect where. Um, showing his support for his former college quarterback. So um, I I could see them, you know, handing the keys over and seeing what he has to bring. Um, obviously, they've seen him in camp over the course of the last year, so they would know best if he would be ready or not. Um, 
I don't know if they would necessarily uh, go to draft a quarterback this year, uh, just based on where they're selecting and then the the quality of uh, available quarterbacks. But I mean, it's it's possible. They won't be able to trade for Matt Ryan because of the division stuff. There's too much rivalry there. I don't know if I don't know if a Rodgers would go there after Brady just did it because it feels like you know Eskimo brotherish. So that would leave Cousins, and that's probably really it. Unless Tannehill, unless Titans wanted to be done with him for some reason. I do. You, do you think they like if that roster stays seventy five percent intact for starters? That means they're built to contend. And mm-hmm. do you, you still maintain that they probably wouldn't go for a Cousins? They would give Trask a fair shake. If that's your your feeling right now. I don't even know if Cousins would be available. Um, I mean, we'll we'll touch on the Vikings head coach hire, but okay. everything I've seen um, in the aftermath of that indicates that uh, Kevin O'Connell is, um, I guess, out of the four candidates, uh, is the most likely to retain or want to retain Kirk Cousins. So um, I... I could see Kirk being extended and staying. And then um, I, you know, obviously it would take him off the table. Okay. Um, maybe uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's oh, not yeah. That's as a much of a, of a slinger as Arians probably would want. Um, but he's definitely a steady veteran that um, could keep them in position to, you know, potentially win. Yeah, I've, that's a great one. I shouldn't have said Tannehill. I should have said Garoppolo. He's the perfect example because he wants to go to a contending team, remember? Yep. And it's like, well, you just were on one. He didn't do anything. Uh, but <laughs> he's still, yeah, he doesn't want to go to the Giants or anything weird. He wants to go to a contender. All right, Jason, um, Trask or the field? Oh, man, I got a lot of stuff to say about this, actually. And, and Garoppolo, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he say, quote, I just want to go somewhere where they want to win. <laughs> yep. Weren't those his exact words? I mean, yep. oh my God. Well, in that case, Jimmy G, I mean, the, the field is pretty much open. I think, uh, I think that uh, Tampa Bay got exactly what they wanted um, by bringing in Brady. I think that team is, I think, I think I see Arians rolling with, with, uh, with Trask. And potentially bringing in another quarterback this year in the draft. And I know that they're drafting um, down, obviously, a ways. But really, they probably still have a good shot at getting one of those guys. This is a good um, year for them to be in that spot because these quarterbacks could easily fall to them. It, it really is. And mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is going to look at Tampa Bay if they come back and they struggle. Because really, what did anybody expect? <laughs> I mean, right. they, they got Brady. and and. Ironically, it worked out to per- absolute perfection. He got him a Super Bowl in their stadium. Um, <laughs> you know, prior to that, you know, they were they were doing their thing. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't isn't Godwin a free agent? Yep. Yes. So he's he's a free agent. Um, it's uh, obviously Gronk is gone. Probably, you know, he'll leave um, the defense is probably still going to be pretty decent. Um, you know, so I think that they're going to be a, they're going to be a nine, a, you know, a 10 and maybe a, I, I don't know, a nine and eight team. Uh, I don't think they'll see the playoffs for two to three years at least. Um, but I think that that's fine. 
um, Arians and company did did enough to buy him that time. Yeah. Think about right now <clears throat> with Brady's exodus and how we haven't seen anything from the offseason aside from some coaching hours. Think about how shitty that division is all of a sudden. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. From best to worst. Yep. It's, it is the Saints, Cap Hell, no Sean Payton, semi-rudderless. Panthers, good luck. Unless Watson goes there. Falcons move on from Matt Ryan finally. Even if they don't, they're only going to have a ceiling of nine and eight. Yeah. And, and then t- Brady less bucks. It's like, how, why can't we get in that division and have our favorite team there? Because suddenly, yeah, what was it? Five years ago, they had quarterback heaven with, with Cam and Breeze and Ryan and good version of Jameis. And now in the half in a half decade, it's like on this show in seven months, we're going to have to predict a winner from that division. And, and unless one of the premier quarterbacks goes there, we're going to call it the worst division in football. Wild. <laughs> that's yeah that that yeah. that yeah that is absolutely insane <laughs> uh, i think with the bucks they're gonna have some some of the, the rats fleeing the ship because brady left and yeah they're, they're not rats but it's gonna be because it was so unprecedented that everybody returned now they're gonna pay the piper a little bit because some of those dudes are gonna be like i'm not we're not gonna win without brady and they're gonna go get their bag which they should right and but that doesn't mean that they're going to turn to futility. That means that they'll have a good backbone and the defense has a very young nucleus with some of the playmakers Winfield and uh, which guy is it? Which linebackers is it Bush or is that from the Steelers? They're, one of the linebackers there is pretty young too. I can't remember his name and Vitave up front. I think he just, I think he's committed there. So I think it does set up Trask But the thing about Trask is I don't have any, I have no idea if he's good or even ready. And I think only they know that. Now he's got a really great little atlas. You know, Brady taught him for a year. He got to watch Brady win a Super Bowl. So in theory, since he got to mature the textbook thing, watch and observe for a year, yeah, he he should be handed the keys. But then they'll know underneath the covers if he's actually any good. And if he's not, then you're doing that thing of oh well, do we go look at Jameis again, or do we? We look at one of these recycled like Trubisky or, or something like that, because there'll be a couple bridge quarterbacks you can get to compete with, with Trask. But it's the interesting dynamic because with Rogers potentially leaving, which will be a nice segue to our Denver topic here, that, that, that division is right for the taking for whichever team has the best off season. So, yeah. And, you yeah. know, and, and, and Tampa too, Arians is, is a good coach too. So, I mean, he'll, he'll weather the storm hopefully, and he'll make the right, decision but i think either way whichever direction they go in whatever direction a lot of those players decide to go they all accomplished exactly what they were looking to do they weren't trying to build a dynasty i don't think that anybody bought into that they got exactly what they what they set out to do and uh good for them yeah all right well uh, i think we'll do the same format because jason will let us have the the first words on the broncos so he can get our opinion but we predicted I think in unison that it would be Hackett mainly because it was time, just like the Vikings, it was time for them to try an offensive brain at head coach. And alas, both the teams have done that. So Wes, tell me about Hackett as the hire, the staff that he is bringing in and what they will do at QB one. Um, I mean, Hackett, he comes from green Bay and he, he knows Rogers. Uh, I think they'll do everything they can to woo and 
get Rodgers on the team. Um, we've already discussed how the rest of the team is pretty much set up uh, absent a quarterback uh, to compete. Uh, and then who else did he steal for coordinators? Um, he he got a guy from Green Bay staff, one from Chicago staff, I believe, and then also uh, the Vikings uh, offense coordinator from last year yeah. and Kubiak. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're building quite a coaching staff over there. Um, the only thing that I have reservation on is does Rogers want to go to uh, the AFC Uh, as we saw throughout this playoffs. I mean, it's dominated right now by young quarterbacks, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Um, you know, those are the ones that obviously were, yeah, Lamar Jackson, you have, um, What's his fair Herbert in San or in Los Angeles? I mean, mm-hmm. the the gauntlet to get through is just going to be <laughs> so incredibly difficult. But then, but would the Packers treat him to the NFC? Probably not. Yeah, so that just means he's coming back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he very well could be right back in Green Bay um, after all the bitching he did in the off season. Wind up right back where he's. You know, he said he didn't want to be, but yeah, I don't know if he liked that three months worth of limbo, even though he orchestrated it or as yeah. people did like, you know, Favre craved it. And I don't know that Rogers, I think it's just a big coincidence that as they get to be old, older men, older football players, that they both have taken the same route. When the season wraps up, they lose disappointingly in NFC playoffs and then they <clears throat> get down on their luck and they whine and I think that Rodgers did that for three months last year, and I don't think that he was particularly a fan. So I think that he'll uh, – and now he, and he's really self-conscious about how he's portrayed after the COVID stuff and everything. So I bet you he makes a decision that doesn't draw out into the early summer, and that way the, the Packers can navigate their, their cap hell because theirs isn't quite as bad as the Saints, but it's nasty. Um, I yeah. predicted the, hap- the Hackett thing because it was so elementary that yeah. it's, not, it's not working trying to replicate the 2015 defense. Every time you keep swinging for a quarterback, you do the wrong thing. And a lot of that was Elway driven. And so they brought in a different pair of eyes who gave all of those dudes their fair one-year audition, got them exact same place they've been for six straight years. So it's time to switch it up. So they went offensive minded. They're letting him pick his staff. The, the big domino will be quarterback. I still think they'll make the push for Rodgers, no matter if they're going against Herbert or Mahomes. Rodgers is right there with those dudes for throwing haymakers. And I think it just it makes too much sense that he would go there because they, they somehow afford it. They've managed the cap wonderfully, even, even with Elway in the saddle. And I think that if, if Rogers does want to be traded, I've said it a hundred times, it's tailor made that he would, he would work. He would work there wonderfully. And we already know that they have a backbone to bring in a quarterback who is legendary and go get a Super Bowl, even though that quarterback didn't have a whole lot to do with it. But yeah, I think uh, the only, there's only one hesitation. And we'll talk about this in five minutes. When we talk about the Vikings is neither one of our new head coaches call any plays under against underneath these offensive gurus. So we just right. have to hope that enough of the shine rubbed off on our head coach, Jason hit us with it. Yeah. I've had, it's been an exciting day to be a Broncos fan. He's assembling a staff. Um, you know, he got the, 
he got the uh, Justin Auten. You know, he got him as the OC. He he got him from Green Bay, right? And then Kubiak and th- those these guys are 42, 38, 34, 30 <laughs> years old. Last year we were saddled with 63, 56, and 56. Um, obviously that doesn't really matter or mean anything, but it's good to see some young guys in there. I've watched, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's interviews. I've been all about getting to know this man. Um, but the bottom line is, is I've, I've, I just trust George Payton's judgment. Everybody thought they were going a quarterback in the draft. He goes Sertan. Everybody thought they were going Dan Quinn. He goes Hackett. Uh, this guy is electric energy and, you know, I've heard praise that Rogers has heaped on him and uh, just watching his full interview was really, really refreshing. Um, you know, and it sounds like they're going to get the secondary coach from Elijah Everell from the Rams. And then they brought in the offensive line coach from the Niners, which it, they're poaching from all the right teams. We'll just say that. Um, and, and I don't know how you guys feel about Kubiak. Um, I, I thought his dad's version of the offense got a little bit. You can't. It's really hard to say what he did that last year with Manning because remember they tried to do a hybrid and they tried to put Manning in the pistol and some of that stuff didn't work out. But I, I mean, I don't know. Clint's a younger guy. Hopefully, he, he's going to be a quarterbacks coach for us, so he won't have too much say. As far as how his play calling will look, um, you know, that's yet to be determined. I guess McVeigh. Uh, Shanahan, all those guys didn't really call plays at one point either. So, yeah, um, you know, we'll just kind of have to see how that rolls out. But from what I've seen, I like what I see. Uh, I trust that he will be calling all the plays. Um, so I like what his his uh, vision is is you know going to be. So yeah, it's been an exciting few days for sure. And and yeah, to your point, Rogers. I don't know. Um, he could end up staying in Green Bay, but he will be uh, uh, without three of his offensive coaches. Cause didn't Getsy take the job elsewhere too. Yeah. I can't remember. Mm. T- <clears throat> I can't mm. remember. Yeah. But his, the staff, I mean, LaFleur, LaFleur is still there and you just got to yeah, consider yeah. him as the merchant of the offense, but yeah, the, the rest of the dudes are getting there. Yeah. The time. One last thing I'll say about it too, is it, and you, you have mentioned it a, a lot about this being tailor-made for, for somebody like him. And it, it is really eerily similar to, when Manning stepped in uh, in 2012 with a young Demarius and a young Decker and a young Julius Thomas and all these uh, assortment of riches, if you will, from the offensive side of the ball that never really eclipsed a whole lot, eight, 900 yards, but you could see the talent was there. I mean, they did it with Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow. And then you have somebody like that come in and just really maximize these young skill position players to their fullest, fullest capabilities. And it was really special to watch. Um, Hopefully, you know, something like that happens again. But if we swing and we miss on Rodgers or a Wilson or, you know, even a Cousins or something like that, I mean, at least I have reasonable faith that these guys can develop um, a younger guy. Yeah, and they'll have the ninth picked if they swing and miss on everything, which if they really want one, they should be able to get one of the five that could move Ryan, Cousins, Watson, Wilson, Rogers, you know, and one of those guys probably won't go or two of them won't. But yeah, they, they should be able to pony up some of the if they if they believe that that's what they need to solidify, they should be able to get one of those if they think they're that close. And if they don't, 
then this is a draft where they'll be able to use the ninth pick on a, a quarterback because none of those guys are going to, we don't think right now, jump up into the top five. And if they do, it'll be, it'll be through a lot of draft hype, like uh, the Mac Jones <laughs> style. Yeah. Um, one thing I've said on this show for several months, that's actually wrong. Cause I wanted to see uh, about the Broncos, how, how comparatively they've been since Super Bowl. I've always said they've been mired in mediocrity. They've just been bad since they, they won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Since since 2015, their records each year are as follows. Nine and seven. That was 2016. Five and 11, six and 10, seven and nine, five and 11, seven and 10. And for wins and losses, that's the seventh worst record in the NFL since they won their Super Bowl. So the reason that, you know, Jason, every year about the same time, text message me and says, I'm so fed up with this piece of shit team. They do the same stuff every year. It's because they continue to do the same stuff and lose. So finally, Elway took a weird step back or step up, depending on how you interpret his words, and he let somebody else do it. So that's why you're seeing the shift in how they do things. They're getting a different style coach, one that is emphasizing the other side of the ball and one that is younger, and it's going to be completely different than Fangio or Joseph. And I think that's it's just been a long time coming because you nailed it, Jason, when you said they've been trying to recreate what they did, the lightning in the bottle Super Bowl championship, which was marvelous. And they're doing that in a league that's transitioning to offense. So they thought they could be the last of the dying breed because God damn it, we did it in 2015. And that has not worked. You have to have a good defense to get the Super Bowl, but you also have to have some competence and third down proficiency on offense. Yep. And now they're taking strides to fix that because they already have all the weapons between Peyton and mostly Elway. They drafted all of these sweet weapons and they just need a human being that can get them the ball. And even, even when Bridgewater was playing well last year, he really wasn't finding his wide receivers. It was all the tight ends and then the running backs. And for some reason, Bridgewater has never been a, a target. He's never gotten targets to the big playmakers. That's weird. So. Yeah, and the play calling was absolutely abysmal. <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it. You do not line Corton Sutton up as an extra blocker. I mean, you, you can use him to block, you know, in space, but you don't line him up like an offensive lineman. You don't put him on the offensive line, Wes. You just don't do that. <laughs> All right, oh, well, man. Wes, we're going to have our time in the sun here. We're going to talk about the Vikings um, because they – in my perception, they dominated the NFL news, but it probably wasn't quite league-wide. But on Saturday afternoon, credible rumors suggested that Jim Harbaugh was interested in the Vikings job. Well, they were right. He was. And they had a full-scale interview that lasted 10 hours today. We were waiting for white smoke to come out of Egan, Minnesota. And curiously, he called Michigan back up and said, I'm coming home and I'm not leaving. I'm not going to ever leave you guys again. So he's going to be the head coach, remain the head coach, the Michigan Wolverines, and the Vikings are making a pivot to a, you guessed it, young offensive-minded coach named Kevin O'Connell, who will become the youngest head coach in the league right now, the 10th coach in Vikings history, and the youngest coach in Vikings history. The Vikings have gone through a decade of defensive coaches between Leslie Frazier and Mike Zimmer, and when Zimmer was fired on Black Monday, the ownership said, we're changing the culture. We're going to get more inclusive guys who are collaborators. Didn't say the word young, but we kind of got the vibe that was going to happen. And then after five days worth of a circle jerk with John Harbaugh, we've decided that we're not going the Harbaugh way. We're going with an offensive guy to get the shine that Sean McVay has. And I asked you about this before we got on air, and you were lukewarm by the hire or at least haven't got fully familiar with it. So tell me where you're at maybe three hours into the news of O'Connell as the next Vikings coach. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm behind it. Whoever was going to be in that position, um, I had kind of allowed myself to warm up to the idea of Harbaugh. I thought, you know, you don't bring in a coach on uh, a college coach at that on national signing day and do an interview with him unless you tend to offer him. But uh, all indications from reputable um, Vikings uh, news aficionados is that uh, they didn't even offer um, Harbaugh uh, instead choosing to go uh, with Kevin O'Connell. Um, and um, when we had talked earlier, I, I just hadn't had time to process it. My my day has been absolutely insane. So um, I, I had a little bit of time between now and then to process it. And obviously, you know, whoever the Vikings selected, I would be uh, 100% behind. Um, it's fitting in terms of uh, what they want to do uh, collaboratively uh, to have uh, first-time GM, first-time head coach. Um, both of the, those guys are young. It seems like they both buy into analytics somewhat. Um, so I, I I think it's probably the, the right decision. I just um, – O'Connell not calling plays is a little bit concerning. The – only year he did call plays was 2017 in Washington, which was Kirk Cousins' worst year. Um, so that's concerning. Um, a lot of it will depend on who he brings in uh, on his coaching staff. Um, rumors are Particularly around for yeah for Vic Fangio, which I I think we do need um, a more seasoned coach on that staff to uh, to help with you know some of the young guys uh obviously the what i am about to say might shock you but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field he's a goat when it comes to investing as well he invests in stocks crypto and even art now you can invest like the goat with masterworks masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investment in art icons like picasso monet and warhol our prices actually outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received their over 30% IRR in 2020 and uh, 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Plus, you get priority access with our game day promo. Go to Masterworks dot art slash believe b-l-e-a-v that's masterworks dot art slash b-l-e-a-v see important disclosures of masterworks and the um on the site there but yes head to masterworks and get in on all that investment uh, i'm sure he'll bring some people with from the rams who who those people are i have no idea but um uh, we shall see <laughs> The deal on why the defense is so important is because the Vikings for eight years have had a revolving door at offensive coordinator between dudes getting promotions because they did so well or getting fired because they didn't necessarily get along with Zimmer that now we don't have to worry about that. You can bring right. in, you can bring in O'Connell's little cousin who's 16 and let him learn because in theory, O'Connell should be the one stop shop on offense. And 
we shouldn't have to worry about a revolving door on defense unless that's the next big young thing on defense. So if they get a guy who can anchor the defense and that guy stays there, it really wasn't matter if they continuously pluck O'Connell's OC because O'Connell should be the one stop, you know, driver of the offense. So that's why the right. defensive coordinator coach will be so, I mean, that's because the offensive coordinator selection for the Vikings under Zimmer was always so important because we knew Zimmer wasn't going to do very much with that side of the ball until he got pissed and decided he needed to have some input. Um, the thing about Harbaugh <clears throat> that the fan base got so energized for five days was all of a sudden, w- once you thought the Vikings were probably going to be in a rebuild situation or at least a severe retooling, if you hire Jim Harbaugh, <clears throat> you could reasonably expect to be a playoff contender or a Super Bowl contender in year one because he's done it before. He took the 49ers from 6-10 and 10 to the NFC Championship in a single year. His first year there, boom, 13-3. and three. And he's not coming or he wouldn't have been coming to Minnesota to dink around and go draft the next blah, blah, blah and see if the guy he would probably would have kept things mostly intact, enhanced it in his vision. And then let's make a run at this division. So you had that, oh boy, we're going to be in the playoffs, NFC championship, baby. And then within like 10 hours, the duration of his interview was 10 hours. Now you're back to the idea of, oh. Well, you're going to get a young coach that's going to go have growing pains, probably not guaranteed to be in the NFC Championship anymore. But this is what the fans wanted all along. They wanted to get on the trend of Shanahan, Zach Taylor, John McVay, Matt LaFleur, because these dudes are winning and offense is king right now. So ultimately, they got what they want, but there was this brief hiatus where you thought you were getting a guaranteed winner, a guy who's a little crazy, um, but he gets the job done. So that's why the adjustment phase has happened in these three hours. It's like, oh. And I think it'll just take fans a couple of days to get back on board uh, because you finally got your young offensive minded head coach. That's my spiel. But now the question is, what are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? <clears throat> because you're taking a guy off the staff of the Rams who just surrounded a quarterback notorious for losing with a bunch of tools and bada bing, they're in the Super Bowl. So the Vikings could do that in theory with the new general manager with Kirk Cousins. Or they could get rid of Cousins to a team like the Broncos, roll with Kellen Mond or a bridge quarterback or draft a rookie with their 12th pick. So it's it's kind of limitless as to who they could get. But you would think with O'Connell's ties to Cousins and the fact he just saw you can work wonders with a Stafford when you surround him with all of these pieces, it's it's like either or. I'm just not sure what they'll do. And you you tend to think that this hire keeps them with Cousins? Yes. Yeah, I think the connection between the two in 2017 um, probably lends itself to them keeping cousins. Yeah, that's that you would, that had to be talked about because the owners and crazy have this humongous decision to keep cousins or to trade him. And if they went and got a guy who knows cousins, from a team that just built around a quarterback who isn't elite, but darn good in Stafford, then he, he probably had the blueprint to do that. And it's, it's real iffy. And I wish this one could be resolved because it, you know, as a guy who's obsessed with the team, you just try to think about what if they do trade him, then what are you really going to go with Kenny Pickett or something? Well, maybe because then it really would be a fresh start, new GM, new head coach, new quarterback. And you know, the, Ownership is saying it's going to kind of be a new era and it's going to be collaborative. But all right, let's touch on some of these other hires. Jason, uh, Brian Dable, was he even interviewed in Denver? He was not. He was yeah. not. He he did not get the nod. And I, I still can't figure out why that is. <laughs> I want to touch on the Vikings. Though. Oh, yeah, please. Um, 
Yeah, I think, well, I think O'Connell's a good choice. And to your point, yeah, they got the offensive guy. And I think they absolutely stick with Cousins. I think anyone that has any ties or affiliation to McVay, Shanahan, or the like, like Cousins. They do. It's it's hilarious. (laughs) As they should, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think McVay would have traded the, the capital that he gave Stafford for cousins. Yeah. I mean, cause cousins isn't that much worse than Stafford in my opinion, Mm-mm. um, can do just as much. Um, if you coach and surround him properly, I think. Um, so, and uh, again, I'll go back to George Payton. He was one of O'Connell was one of Payton's finalists in Denver. Um, and I really, really trust that man. <laughs> so if he's thinking, and I don't know a whole lot about him, obviously, you know, he, he works under McVeigh, but that in and of itself isn't isn't enough to just well, I guess for some it is. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. get him in there. But he, I guess he interviewed real well. Um, I know that much for a fact um, from what I've heard out of Denver. And uh, there were talks that we were going to wait until after the Super Bowl to, to to try to lure him in there. So I think that'll be a good coach for you guys. But yeah, I couldn't imagine a fan being a fan of those the Vikings going through that emotional oh God <laughs> whirlwind that had to have been. I've been on social media with the Vikings emphasis, so to speak, for two years and two months. And I've never seen fans get behind one single thing. Like they they love Harrison Smith and Adam Thielen, like with their with every ounce of their being. That's just a, a consistent love. But I've never seen because here's what, here's the deal. When it started to break, I was like, Ooh, they're going to hate this because Harbaugh is just a little crazier Zimmer and he's got a better track record of winning, but this is supposed to be a new era of fresh air and you're getting Harbaugh. I mean, he's a lunatic, but he's a lunatic that also wins football games. So, um, but all of a sudden the fan base was like, hell yeah, Harbaugh is our guy. Like down the line, I only saw a couple credible people say like, you know, I don't know if he's the right fit. But, I mean, everybody changed their profile pictures to Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it was really yeah. cool. It was really cool. And and then it was all just with one tweet from Adam Schefter. It said that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going back to Michigan. He said that, you know, he has no intent of leaving after this ever again. And I was like, oh, of course. And he didn't even say <laughs> he didn't even say that that what exactly went wrong. He just said. Yeah, Harbaugh called Michigan to inform them that he'd be back. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like he had a bad sleepover. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's what ran through my mind. But but the crazy part is, is they were in that pl- damn place for ten hours. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, what would you talk about for that longer? What type of film are you watching that you would? It'd have to be like a foregone conclusion. If we're going to spend this much time together, you're going to get an offer. And I don't know if Harbaugh was just completely offended that they didn't give him the contract an hour number one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it threw a monkey wrench into everything for five days. And now we have what we kind of wanted from the beginning as as a collective body politic in the Vikings orbit was a new coach that focuses on offense. And, but, but Wes, now the funny part is, if Cousins is part of the package deals and extended, oh, we're going to see they're going to run to the hills and shout there. I can't oh, believe. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's going to be that's going to be well, because there is a I'd say 20 percent, maybe 30 percent of the Vikings fan base that does not want to do Cousins again. Right. 
Yeah, that's crazy to me. On, on Cousins and Stafford, they statistically, the same guy, Cousins even a little bit more prolific, if you can believe that. But it just seems like to the eye test and on the field, Stafford has a little more grit. I think that's what it boils down to. He's a, he's a, he's a more lovable character. And because he spent all 12 years in Detroit, the narrative is, is that he was never going to win there. And because Cousins spent time in Washington and Minnesota, which do have a little bit of history of getting to the playoffs, he should be able to take them the next step. But Stafford, for God's sake, was never going to take them in Detroit. So I think that Stafford always get the, the power ranking over Cousins because where he was drafted and he's just more lovable. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think Cousins, unfortunately, ran into a, a situation too. And and I know that you guys, Dustin, you especially, I mean, were a huge fan. And a lot of Vikings fans were of Zimmer, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so. But it, it, it's such an interesting stigma that, that Cousins has had the worst luck ever, in my opinion. He is not the reason that any team loses. It's weird. Uh, it's impossible to justify that, but but you know he comes into a situation coming off a thirteen and three season led by Case Keenum <laughs> did not do him any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but when your when your head coach is defensive orientated, that is gonna. It doesn't matter how many how good your offensive coordinator is, it, unless you're Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but- it doesn't. It, it always ends the same. I mean, watching the Vikings and the Broncos play we're almost identical <laughs> with the exception of at least the, the Vikings could get some offense going. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, the problem with cousins, when you remark about uh, Washington, never having a running back and their defense wasn't good and he was there, and then he gets to the Vikings and they don't have the offensive line and the defense just unceremoniously fell off a cliff two years ago. Um, and you talk about this, this luck that follows cousins, then you're met with, oh, he's the most unluckiest guy in the world. Okay. And yeah. you have to, because it sounds like you're making a ton of excuses. But when you look at it, you know, objectively, and, you know, he's not elite. And I don't know, I don't know anybody that believes Cousins as a leader of the Vikings is in anywhere category near Rodgers or Mahomes. He has little stretches where he looks that damn good. But I think it's all about the money um, because he's carrying this big old cap hit and the, the optics are there that he better play like 45 million and he won't, he'll be the same duty as every year. And that's 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. And it, he's just done it every year. And so I think that because teams or fans want him to earn that paycheck and suddenly somehow be as good as a elite tier quarterback, when he doesn't do it, we just scream high heavens that he's not the right guy. So if they if they take the Stafford route and surround him with an offensive line and really build the trenches, then the sky is the limit. But I, I can tell you fans won't won't get past the what has already happened. And because Cousins couldn't drag them by himself, then they're out. They're done. Yep, they, yeah, yeah. They, they want to go find Burrow. They want to find Burrow who did take an offensive line that was pretty crummy to the Super Bowl. And you know, right from in that in that vein, yeah, you got a point. If you can go find Defense. Burrow <coughs> Defense. <laughs> if you can go find Burrow in a defense that shows up. In the last like thirty percent of the season, like the Bengals did, yeah, I, I'm for it. But but this somehow, just like just like Jordan changed basketball into being a face on a team rather than a team sport, football has gone that way for quarterbacks. Like they put it on the marquee, it's Rodgers versus Brady, 
And then the victor is given the credit. And with Rodgers loses, he doesn't usually get a lot of the the heat. But for the quarterbacks that aren't loved, they get all the heat. Yeah, you you almost wonder if they have. And and a good comparison, then, if you're going to categorize Cousins in that in that group, then you have to do the exact same with Dak Prescott. Yeah. You just have to do it. Um, you don't suppose that there's, cause I mean, he just got paid a well-deserved contract. I might add. Um, I, I like Dak a lot and he has way more weapons, way more, um, so, uh, a, a reasonably good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, I, I wonder if they, and I'll never know cause I'm not part of it, but you almost wonder if there's uh circles, excuse me, circles of uh, Cowboys fans down there in Dallas that are, that are like those cousin fans. You just are Vikings fans. You just alluded to that just hate Dak <laughs> if, because if, of how much money he's making. If they're, uh, if they're not there yet, or at least there's not a clan of them enough to be loud, they're going to get there soon. And I don't know how many more seasons it will take where they fail to reach the NFC championship, but this will be, year seven of Dak coming up and at some point he'll get labeled as the guy that can't lead a team to the conference championship. Um, But he's just so nice and so cool looking on the field (laughs) that we just, we we still consider him super duper young and he'll, he'll get there eventually. And I don't know, but I think that patience will run out. It's gotta be maybe next year or the year after that. Um, and you, you try to figure it out with him because he, he checks all the boxes and some games he has, they're monster games. And then you look up and you're like, well, there's the Cowboys losing again. And I love it. Um, but it just yeah. seems that, yeah, he, he doesn't, if he takes heat, it hasn't really ramped up to the point where it's cousins esque yet. No cousins it, definitely takes an unfair <laughs> amount. That's for sure. Always I'll, has though, even in, even in Washington, Steve, you know, people on, you know, first take would say, oh, he's just a stat patter, but that's not the case in Minnesota. I mean, he's con- he's pretty consistent I yeah, mean, throughout I mean, games. The stat patter thing was hilarious because the Vikings played in all close games. And then the one game where they didn't have garbage time was the game that he had COVID. So he played a garbage time. He played a season with no garbage time at all. Yeah, it, it was hilarious <laughs> uh, because it was almost as like that. The season was designed to refute the narrative that he pads the stat, but we digress. Uh, Wes, tell me uh, McDaniels to the Raiders or Dable to the Giants. Does any of these hires that we won't touch on too much stand out as either a home run or a swing and a miss? I think Dable to the Giants makes a lot of sense. Um, briefly touched on it last week. Uh, I thought Miami might be a better spot for him, but um, the Giants works just as well. Um, I, I think he can do wonders for Daniel Jones if they can fi- find out a way to protect him. Um, and then uh, with the Raiders, I we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, stealing from the the Belichick tree, um, and trying to make it work doesn't always work so um we'll see what happens yeah those are two things that are kind of attributed there are two things attributed to belichick that are false it's that if if it's a coaching tree from the belichick tree let's give them a shot it usually sucks and usually ends up with them crawling back to belichick staff and then the notion that he drafts well the patriots draft terribly (laughs) they 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 find undrafted dudes like nobody's business 
but their drafts are horrible. I think like worst in the league, bad, like worst in the Raiders, but nobody cares because they win Super Bowls. It's, it's a weird <laughs> paradox, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, if, if you're sitting uh, on your couch on draft night, expecting the Patriots to make a real smart draft pick, it's not going to pan out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because he's such a mastermind. You think because he wins all the Super Bowls, he must draft like a madman. Nope. They just nope. find, they find a bunch of good undrafted dudes and Brady's there to make them into household names. Yeah. And then every year you hear about, uh, it, it, Denver's done it a few times. Denver acquires Patriots, former number one pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I, I challenge when you guys are bored to go look at the last 10 drafts or so from the Patriots. Same thing with the Seahawks. They're painted as a sturdy organization. The beat Garrel knows what he's doing and their draft picks suck too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. And I even fall into the trap. If I'm at draft night, and I'm watching it. I'll be like, ooh, Seahawks on the board. They're going to get somebody. And that guy is going to be a pain in the ass for the Vikings for years. And I always think that. And then you like, oh, wait a second. And you go look at their history. And they, they are bedfellows <laughs> for making weird decisions on draft night. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got Dable giving Daniel Jones an extended trial. He's going to get a coveted year four or year five, is it? No, year f- yeah, year four for Daniel Jones. And usually those dudes only get three years before they're put in Trubiskyville where they go back up and things like that. Uh, Let's see. So these, let's talk about the chiefs meltdown um, because this, what they, what happened to them in the second half of the AFC championship is what plagued them in the middle of the season. And what people were worried about would rear its ugly head. Sure as hell didn't look like it was going to start off that way because they looked like gangbusters and it was 21 to three and the route was on. People were going to take a little nap, get ready for the NFC game. And then by the time that you woke up, Bengals are right back in it. And I'll be damned if they find, found a way to win, even with the overtime rules being out of whack, as people say. So I, I just don't know what to think about the future of the Chiefs, not because Mahomes is you know, bad or anything. It's that he, his rookie deal is done this year. So when you saw the headlines a year and a half ago, about 10 years, 500 million, that kicks in next year. So now they have to join the party of you have your household name quarterback. Now he has to get paid to be the household name and you have to build a team around him. So Jason, do you think that they're going to run? I mean, this is like life potentially without Tyree kill or Travis Kelsey, because you've got to fix the defense and you've got to be economical now. And how do you build a roster? So do you think that I don't know. It's it's weird to think that they've had he's had four full seasons in one Super Bowl based on the way we crowned him as the next king. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to come come to an end. I really honestly do. I saw just seeing the players at the end of that game and I and the, them going for the touchdown at the end of the first half is what sealed it. And I called it. I'm like, that's going to be the deciding factor of the game. And they were out there and they were all doing their they have to be the cockiest team. I've ever watched and it is really frustrating watching them when they're when they're doing well and their and, and and their fans are the exact same way. I mean, maybe it's just me and I'm a Broncos fan well, and okay. I'm not, and I and I'm destined to 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 experience failure eventually <laughs> that I never get out and I'm not that type of fan that's ever going to, you know, talk shit like my team is going to whoop your ass. You know, I'm not that because <laughs> I know better. I just wait until after the game, but their fans aren't. They they are fully confident in their abilities and they should be because they've been dominant for the last four years. 
Um, but, but to your point, I mean, Hill and Kelsey, they're aging. They yeah. are not getting any younger because uh, they were, they were doing, doing work before Mahomes got there, you know? So, I mean, you look at a comparable, you know, you remember when um, big Ben had Antonio Brown and, and uh, Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. that's that little stretch when they were dominating seemed to last forever too. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't last much longer. Um they, they will have to build that team, like you said, and then it will be Mahomes and company. And I think that they're always going to be, they're going to, as long as they have him, they're going to be successful. Yeah. Um, but I think they got humbled in a way that, that they were not expecting um, their fans, the faces on the, on the players. It was, <laughs> it was, it was shock value. You know, you know, what's hilarious Wes is that. So I, I just said that they've won one Super Bowl in four years and for a while there, it was, well, if so-and-so is an offsides in the AFC championship against Tom Brady, you know, they've got two in a row. But now, because they haven't sealed the deal three out of four times, if you want to do that same thing, they are one Jimmy Garoppolo past Emmanuel Sanders away from not winning any Super Bowls and yep. finding, <laughs> finding a way to choke it, choke it. And that's like really is the Andy Reid way is so close, but no cigar. But so thankfully they broke through against the Niners and Garoppolo missed that pass and he'll probably never be a Niner again. Um, and that was part of the saga, but they they're lucky they got that one because they keep finding ways to bungle this. So do you think that they will change because Mahomes is now more expensive? Uh, I think they'll have to, um, I don't know how their cap situation looks going into the off season. Um, my guess would be they at least hopefully plan for at least year one of his contract uh, to where they don't have to, you know, gut a bunch of their roster to accommodate his cap hit, but it's definitely possible. Um, and I, I think after probably this next year, it'll be a little more difficult to uh, build a team around him and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the coaching staff. Um, Eric Bieniemy has been uh, named in coaching cycles over the last few years. Uh, his name really didn't pop up all that much this year. Um, I'm wondering if the plan for him is kind of what the um, how was his name. Uh, the Raiders' new coach, uh, McDaniel. McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if the plan is the same uh, that McDaniel's was with the Patriots, but obviously he he was able to move on out of uh, Belichick's shadow again uh, for this new gig. Uh, but I I gotta figure Reed might have only a few years left. Yeah, and you just thought by now they would have won two or three of them based on how good Mahomes is and how clutch he is. Um, the Chiefs have two million, two point eight million in cap space, which sounds terrible. They'll have the chance to do their their gymnastics and get under get I guess under the cap to make some moves. Um, but it's it's not great. It's not like they're sitting on. Um, Do you know the Bengals heading into uh, next year have twenty or have forty four million dollars to spend? That's incredible. Yep. And That's they're incredible. They're going to play in a Super Bowl and they have $44 million to spend. And then on the other hand, the Saints are 79 million over the cap. 
Yeah. Uh, so, oh my God, that's just that's just dreadful to to say out <laughs> I loud. Still, I still think it's so comical that Sean Payton just jumped ship. He got the hell out of there. Yeah. Like, Here, good luck with this. And I don't. You don't even besides uh, Ramcheck and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. After that, you're like, well, who gets all the money? <laughs> yeah. All right. Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Taysom there you Hill go. Is- all right, let's let's fleece them. Yeah, he did. And let's, get back to the home. Some people could argue that they should have lost to the Bills, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were any one of these playoff games in the last two weekends are just the cliche game of inches. Like they yeah. can just twist either way, and legacies are redefined. Yep. All right. Let's let's talk about uh Rams and 49ers. Um, before we get off air here, the McVeigh finally got the, the monkey off his back and six straight times they had lost to Shanahan Niners and they were down by 10 points at the start of the fourth quarter. It was the first time in NFL conference championship history that a team blew a lead of 10 points or more. And the Rams just came roaring back and we all knew it was going to come down to a Garoppolo drive and he didn't get it done. And I think he took a lot of heat for just hurling the ball up with the bad pick, but he really had no other choice right there. I mean, it, it yeah. was, yeah. Like he, if, if he would have taken the sack, that would have been more heinous because it means he didn't even try. So the optics were horrible, but he had to do something. And that was just a fling. Um, but I, 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 I knew it in my bones that that would be the last possession he'd ever have for 49ers. And then we joked about it. What half hour ago that he wants to go to a winner. Uh, like, you know, he's a hot commodity on a team that's separated from Super Bowl. Uh, he was set up perfect. <laughs> with the 49ers and whatever team he goes to, you're going to figure out quick that that team won't be as structurally sound as the 49ers. And he's good, but he's like right in the middle of the pack for proficiency. So he's, I don't know if he's quite a bridge, a patch over quarterback by, by this time, he, he certainly doesn't feel that way, but uh, Wes, take me through Shanahan and the Niners close, but no cigar. Yeah. Um, Another collapse under Shanahan. Um, you know, they they were really in control of that game. And um, I, I think the Rams were probably the more talented team or at least top heavy, not not as deep as um, um, as the Niners. But I think. Uh, overall greater talent at some of the positions and um, you know, leading into the week, I I had mentioned that beating a team three times in a row is difficult uh, and beating them seven, seven times in a row is even more difficult in that that span. And then you can resume just a second in that span. McVay's Rams were the third best team in football. So you're beating the third best team in football six times in a row, but continue. Yeah. And you know, it it I thought the the Rams would be a little more in control than what took place, but they were able to uh mount a drive and and come back and overcome the deficit and what had ailed them. Um I, I do think that if they go into the Super Bowl with that same um, approach where they they come out flat and try and recover in the second half. I, I don't think it'll work out uh, the same for them. Jason, tell me about Niners Rams um, before we hop hop off air. 
that you know the game the game pretty much played out exactly kind of how I thought it was gonna. I mean, the Rams didn't look too terribly explosive. They did. I mean, when it mattered, of course. But uh, it was a great game. God, that's a great game. That mm-hmm. that rivalry is awesome. Mm-hmm. Watching the Rams and the and the Niners go at it. Um, so I. <laughs> Good for good for McVay. Good for the Niners too. I think um, I think that they're going to be in a good position. Uh, you you nailed it. They are a stable, well-run organization from mm-hmm. from the GM and Lynch to to, to Shanahan. And uh, I think Trey Lance is in a position to succeed there. Let's hope he can be. You know, but yeah, I mean that. Oh God, what a game! I'm happy for that. Vaughn got back to the Super Bowl. Of course, that was nice to see. Yeah, they. Uh... I sometimes he's an afterthought. Yeah, and he played a he played a big big part oh, in that yeah. game too. Oh yeah, so. I think he's gonna be a big playmaker in the Super Bowl. But when you go down all of the glitzy Hollywood names that are on that Hollywood team, sometimes when you get to Von Miller, you're like Von Miller's on this team too. Yeah, yeah completely forget about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What was the other? Just hope he comes back to Denver next year. Yeah, yeah. You'd think it's gonna be a big a big <laughs> swindle. <laughs> yeah, well, I said that for a while. Remember yeah. when I told you that? Yeah. Go get your Super Bowl, Vaughn. We're going to get a couple picks from you in return, and we'll see you next year. Yeah. Next year, we'll be better coached. and We'll have Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come back and get another one, baby. Uh, I, I want to get off air on just this little quip. So it's hilarious that – so Lance will probably be the guy because so much capital is drafting him. I swear to God, week one, everybody's looking at the fantasy football lineups, and the scores are starting to come in. And the 49ers score a touchdown, and it's Trey Lance at quarterback. I was like, hot damn, that didn't take long. They've already switched to <laughs> Trey Lance. That was like the only thing he did all year after that. Yeah, I think he came in out of necessity when Garoppolo was hurt. But I, I swear to God, when I saw that alert, I was like, oh, so they're going to do this by committee, or they've already switched over to Lance. But it turns out that was like for one single drive that they let him get get his uh, feet wet, and he scored. And, but yeah, so Garoppolo yeah. will spend – the next next years of his career elsewhere. I just got to figure out where it's going to be. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, next week we'll break down the whole Super Bowl because we'll be a mere four or five days from it. And then the rest of the coaching hires should have filled out by then. And we'll break those down. All right. Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. Peace. You guys. Later. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube